what if I told you that giving up a coffee, just a single coffee a day, could make you a millionaire? It sounds too good to be true. Most people would think so. But it's exactly the promise behind an incredibly popular personal finance principle called the latte factor. We're told that just by saving the cost of a single latte once a day in a coffee shop just like this one, you can retire rich. It's a great theory, but is it true? Today on The Smart Money, we're going to put the latte factor to the test, and we're going to find out if it's financial fact or fiction. What can money be used for? Is money, anyway? We'll gladly help you with any of your financial problems. Bring them here to me. I'm Randy Cass, and this is The Smart Money. This is a podcast where we take everyday beliefs about personal finance and see if they really do make sense. My goal is to help you separate financial facts from wishful thinking, and by the end of each episode, make you smarter about your money. Smart Money Podcast is produced by my company, Nest Wealth. Nest Wealth offers ordinary investors the kind of tools and professional wealth management that used to be the exclusive domain of the very, very wealthy. If you're in Canada, check us out at nestwealth.com. And when you're setting up your account, enter the promo code podcast to get your first three months of wealth management for free. So back to the latte factor. It seems like such a simple idea. It's been around for years. You hear people talking about it pretty much everywhere. So it must be true, right? You've heard me talk about the latte factor everywhere. Oprah, Today Show, CNN, Larry King. You maybe even heard me talk about it. In that $5 a day, whatever it is, you can become an automatic millionaire over time. Let's say if you do $5 a day, that you're able to set aside to invest in yourself, invest in your future. Now, again, and it has changed people's lives all over the world. If you go and Google the latte factor, you actually think over 200,000 hits come up. I'm so excited about this. Let's unpack this concept. Coffee first entered the public conversation as a symbol of financial wastefulness back in the early 90s. By the late 90s, many of us had probably heard that a daily cup of caffeine was not only addicting, but also potentially financially crippling. But the latte factor, as we're discussing it, it really hit the big time on January 13th, 2004. That was when Oprah exposed the theory to an unsuspecting public. That day, she had on personal finance guru David Bach. The man will crown the king of the latte factor. His principle was simple and easily digestible by the audience. Instead of buying that latte every day, save your money. Bach claims that those latte savings could total $2,000 a year. Remember, this is back in 2004, $2,000 a year. He claimed 
that someone starting today could save $2 million if they were in their 20s by the time they retired. $2 million. An extra $2 million. And all you had to do was change a little, tiny, seemingly inconsequential behavior. A cup a day. All you had to give up was a cup a day for $2 million. It's no wonder that the theory had such immense appeal. But having appeal and having merit are two very different things. So let's start with the numbers. Let's figure out if box math actually works. Box says you can save $2,000 a year. That's the initial premise of the latte factor. But $5 a day times 365 days a year, that's only $1,825. And while that might seem like a small difference, if you continue to compound that difference over decades, it's enough of a rounding error to make objects appear much larger than they actually are. But rounding is the least of the flaws in his math. The more you dig into the theory, the more problematic it becomes. The most problematic assumption he uses is that the calculations are based on the premise that money saved today will grow at 10 or 11% each and every year until you need it. And these days, that happens pretty much nowhere. These days, you'd be lucky and happy if you made half that investing in a properly, broadly diversified portfolio. And on top of all of that, Bach doesn't take into account small things like taxes or inflation. And those are two factors which we all know have a huge impact on how much money you'll end up with. So we decided to run the numbers ourselves here in the Nest Wealth office. And we found that the savings based on actual numbers and actual assumptions that were real life, were more like $150,000 over 30 years. So saving a latte a day isn't likely to make you a millionaire or even a two millionaire. But $150,000 is a significant chunk of change. And surely, many theories go, if you start taking care of the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. So Putting aside the fact that the math doesn't really come close to the promised $2 million, perhaps the core of the theory still holds water. I think it's more symbolic of, in general. I mean, like we all talk about Starbucks or a Timmy's habit, and you know, it's, it's okay to go to Starbucks once in a while. On the other hand, if you have both a latte and a muffin and you do it every day, you, know, you can see how it adds up. That's Jonathan Chevro. He's the former editor of Money Sense magazine, still writes for the Financial Post, author of Independence Day. There's not a guy in Canada I know who knows more about how people should be saving for retirement than Jonathan. But, I, you know, I'm kind of skeptical. To me, that's the, it's, the, it's not the little things. It's the big things. It's like having more house than you need and, uh, and not paying it down and not, the principal is down fast enough. You know, buying cars that are twice as expensive as you actually need or why not buy slightly used. Uh, you know, living in the wrong part of town, sending your kid to private school. It's, it's the big things that, which I think make a difference when it comes to having enough retirement or financial independence savings, not tiny little things like lattes. In fact, you could even argue that the quality of life that of a Starbucks three times a week and your mental sanity is actually a good investment. It's an interesting thought. 
that it's the small indulgences that keep us sane and happy. And like most things in life, underneath it, there's quite a bit of psychology at play. Perhaps without even knowing it, John was describing a principle called ego depletion. That's the idea that self-control or willpower draw upon a limited pool of mental resources. Those mental resources get used up the more you try to exercise willpower on decisions, irregardless of the size or the importance of them. When your energy for mental activity gets low enough, you actually have less self-control. Marketers know this. Marketers use this to wear us down by telling us that we deserve things again and again, that we're worth it. Then, eventually, inevitably, our limited pool of willpower gets exhausted and we make the purchase. So, knowing that this is the case, let's turn our attention once more to the latte factor. It takes self-control. It takes willpower to resist buying that daily latte. And the more you resist, the more you drain your mental resources, the less self-control you have at the end of the day. Which means that while you might succeed in resisting the latte, it's likely that your self-restraint has put you on a path to make an even more damaging financial decision. And the more I think about it, the more the latte factor feels exactly like a fad diet. It's easy to understand. Perhaps that's what's so unbelievably appealing about it. And it might work in the short term, but it's not the ultimate solution to anything. The more I pull this apart, the more the latte factor just doesn't seem to hold up under scrutiny. My issue with the latte factor, it basically promotes the idea that the reason we in the States and you guys in Canada are not saving money is because we're wasting our money on small frivolities, right? That we're buying our, you know, we're, we're drinking so much coffee or we're buying too many clothes that we, we simply um, are, you know, wasting our money and not saving for the things we need, right? Helene Olin, is she skeptical too? She's the author of Pound Foolish, Exposing the Dark Side of the Personal Finance Industry. So I called her in New York. I wanted to find out where she thinks the latte factor goes wrong, but why it still seems to have such an enduring appeal. In fact, our luxuries are pretty cheap these days. What is, what is really eating at our bottom line are the things that we really need, and that's health care, education, and housing. These are things that have gone up at rates well beyond that of inflation for literally several decades now. So that's why people can't put money away. It's not that they're wasting it on a $5 coffee. It's that they need to pay their, you know, their, you know, $500 or, you know, $1,000 a month rent for a one-bedroom. The latte factor appeals to this idea that we're all kind of wastrels. And the reason it works is, as a mass idea is that it, it sort of hits every part of the political spectrum that exists. For the left wing, it's this idea that consumer spending is somehow wrong and we should be above it, right? And then on the right, it's this idea that the poor people are wasting their money and we, they really should stay out of Starbucks and what, why do they own smartphones and why are they watching cable TV when they don't have the money to do it? But in all cases, it's really not what the issue is with our financial lives. So there's a reason we work hard to make money. Part of that reason is clearly to enjoy things today that make us feel fulfilled. Now, that's not to say that you spend wildly if you need or want to build wealth. 
one of the world's most successful investors, Warren Buffett, also probably spends less on himself as a percentage of his overall wealth than anyone in history. Famously, despite being worth tens of billions of dollars, he still lives in the same modest house he bought in 1959, but it doesn't mean he lives like a monk. Here's Buffett's take in his words on spending and lifestyle. Quote, there are things money can't buy. I don't think standard of living equates with cost of living beyond a certain point. Good housing, good health, good food, good transport. There's a point that you start getting inverse correlation between wealth and quality of life. That's what Warren Buffett thinks. But where does all this leave us? How about with this? Be smart about how you spend, but don't make it a habit to punish yourself on a daily basis either. An intense focus on denying yourself the little things might actually make it harder to make really smart and good decisions about money you need to make on the items that will really matter to you down the road. The smart money verdict? Well, when it comes to the latte factor, it fails. And when it comes to spending on small daily indulgences, our opinion is don't sweat the small stuff, particularly at the expense of ignoring the big stuff. And that's it for the first episode of The Smart Money. I'll be back next episode to take another common piece of financial advice, hold it up to the light, test it out, and together we'll determine if it's financial fact or fiction. When I'm not hosting the show, I am the founder of Nest Wealth, a company that offers professional and personalized wealth management for everybody with transparent reporting and dramatically lower fees. We help you be nice to your money. If you're in Canada, you can learn more about us at nestwealth.com. And if you open an account, don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get your first three months of wealth management for free. See you next time on The Smart Money.